Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a Wednesday installment of the program along with Hayes Carlion and Lauren Brooks. I'm Frank Frangie. Andrew Gifton back at World Headquarters making it all happen. There has been a development. I'm going to get right to it. Big development. Normally, Lauren and I wait on Hayes to order the coconut shrimp and we get about 4.30? If you're <laughs> lucky. Thereabouts. Quarter five? Yeah, usually around there. Today, don't you people eat lunch? <laughs> Today, <laughs> he had walked away making big deals. Okay, yeah. he was he was cutting yeah. deals, um, probably fielding offers. Um, God bless the Jaguars. So Lauren and I ordered coconut shrimp. Here it is. I'm just saying. Listen, I'm just following the evidence. Yeah. All right, I'm not making any accusations. Right, but I don't know when he got out of the way, the coconut shrimp arrived. I'm just saying. I mean, Hayes has a point where if you're normal and you eat lunch, maybe okay. you don't want it right at 3 o'clock. But I eat lunch and I want the shrimp at 3 yeah, o'clock. I, <laughs> same. So there's that. <laughs> hey, we're glad you're with us. We love being here at, uh, at uh, Island Wing Company. We're at the Bartram location. Two fantastic locations so far of Island Wing yeah. Company. Did dot, I hear dot, you dot. ask for blueprints of the I new did. location? I did. <laughs> I really did. It, it, he's not making that up, by the way. So, so there's, there's one loca- on Southside Boulevard we love. There's one at Barton. Well, the next one's going to Tamaya, which is literally right across the street from my neighborhood that I will walk to because I used to walk to my mom's house that we got her in that neighborhood, which was a 12-minute walk. That would make this a 13-minute walk. And I, and, I, and I pester Shane all the time. <laughs> so today he came, hey, man, you see, the, the, you, you're going to love it. He, he, let me tell you where the, where the fire pits are. I said, anyway, you can chip over those documents. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a little look-see, okay? And, uh, and so, uh, so the, the third one is going to be done sometime in football season, and I will walk to it, and Lord help my liver, okay? Yeah. This Lord help my liver. So, and, uh, they were asking me on the handoff why that area is called Tamaya, and I was like, well, the new development Tamaya. But the better question is why isn't it called Jack's Golf and Country Club? Because yeah, it's right across, yeah. So, so, um, so but that'll be a lot. Hey, we love being here. We thank you for joining us on the program on our Wednesday installment here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Two things, uh, programming. First of all, the, our, our friends from the Jaguars.com did a fantastic job with the last sounds of the game. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but it was just fantastic. I haven't watched it yet because I'm still sad. It's really good, and it's 12 minutes. Uh, and also our digital team at 1010XL did a fantastic thank you to the Jaguars. If you haven't seen that, uh, it's a minute and a half of a uh, – uh, it's really good. It's really good. Me and Graham and Taylor, that team we have doing that, do an outstanding – they really do. They do an Absolutely. outstanding job, and it was really good, well done. And it's been a good season for them. and. All of us in uh, a tip of the cap to our group there because they did a, a really did a fantastic job on it. So if you haven't found it on social, go see it. Uh, you'll like it. You'll like it. It'll bring a little tear to your eye. It'll make you appreciate kind of uh, the way the season went and, and, and how excited we are about the future. So, again, uh, thanks to our, our 1010XL crew. They, they did a really nice job on that. They really did a magnificent job, and, and it makes you appreciate the fact of something that we haven't had yet. In 2017, we had like eight good weeks. In 2018, we had like four good weeks. This year, we had about, what would you say, six, seven good weeks. Uh, Next year, we might actually have 21 good weeks, which we've never had. Yeah. I mean, if if they live up to expectations and they're the strongest team in the AFC South, 
Uh, then it, the fun, we've, we, right. ha, we haven't had that in a long time. The yeah, longest yeah. win streak, I believe, is 11 games back in 99. I, I, well, and I will tell you, I'm glad you said 99. I didn't know, is that the longest win I'm streak? I'm pretty sure. They were 14-2, and two, so that pro- there probably was a streak in there somewhere. But the reality is, in our 28 years, in the 20 years that the Jacksonville Jaguars have had a franchise, they've never been a consistently good team. The only time was in 97, 98, 99. 96, they were a surprise. 97, 98, 99, they're pretty good, okay? And they're, they're, they're a pretty good team then. And then uh, from that point forward, we've never been. We, 2007 came out of nowhere and made the playoffs. 2017 really came out of nowhere. This year came out of nowhere. But we've never been one of the good teams. We've been a team that's surprised. And every time we've surprised, 07, 17, you know what everybody said? Oh, boy, look out. You guys are just starting. This is the beginning of something. And then we flopped the next year and the year. And, that, and in the, this is the first, to your point, this is the first time that this, this looks like it's going to be a good football team, period, not one that came out of nowhere and goes away after. I, I think the 2023 team will be trying to be the first Jaguars team to have consecutive winning seasons since, like, 05, I think, wow. is what I saw. Is that right? I think it yeah. would be the first time in about 18 years that they've had consecutive Winning season. How about that? Because the Jaguars made the playoffs in 05, so was, was 04 also a winning and season? I think it was something like maybe 9 and 7 in 04, okay. and then 12 and 4 in 05. Yeah. It was something like one of the winning seasons was like a 9 and 7, right. but it's a winning but, season. But it's never been yeah. consistently good. This has never, it's never been a consistently good team other than the late 90s when, when it looked. And, and by the way, we had just gotten a team, it looked easy. Right. Well, here's what happens. The NFL puts a team in your town, and while the Saints suck and this team sucks, you're just going to be good. Remember that? I mean, I remember thinking, that's go. okay, that's good. Yeah. We got a team, we're going to be good. You know, and, and, and I can tell you, I still believe the 99 team, most people would tell you, at least until the very end, might have been the best team in the league. You know, they just could not get over the hump, the mental hump or whatever it was against that Titans team. And let me yeah. warn people, I'm not predicting next year's team's going to go 2-6 and six or 3-7 and seven by any means. But if they start 0-2, it's okay. The world is not ending just because your expectations yeah, yeah. are so high. The Bengals started 0-2. It happens. You can still be a really good team. You can still make the AFC Championship. I know in 2018, and just like next year, the expectations will have been ratcheted up. So I feel like every loss is going to be monumental. Yeah, because yeah, you, you get a hunch it's going to be a great opener. You would think. With all the teams all between Cincinnati and Kansas City and all the teams that are going to be on that schedule, you got a hunch that there's going to be one heck of an opener, don't you think? I, I would think because you'll have uh, the Thursday night window, right? Uh, the Sunday night window, and maybe a double Monday night window mm-hmm. in week one. Yeah. So that's eight teams. And Thursday night is probably someone who gets to the Super Bowl, right? One probably teams. won it. Yeah. So it's let's yeah. just say. Well, let's just say. Well, if so, the ja- the Chiefs come here, so it can't yeah. be the Chiefs, right? Uh, the Cincinnati game, I think, is they come here too. They come, so okay, so yeah. that's out. Yeah, and then the Jaguars don't play the Eagles. They do play the 49ers, but that's also in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. So, so the so that won't happen. So yeah. they will not be in the Thursday game. That but, that we just figured out yeah. in 15 seconds. Right, but but the champion will host on Thursday. But night. you do get the sense it could be a pretty good opener. You know, right. regardless of when it is, what night it is. So the Jaguars started on the road this season. Does that mean they'll be at home to start next season, or is it always just it, a – It doesn't work like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's random. And, and they it, try to – if it's been like two years in a row, that they would probably not let it be a third. Um, but just one year, it, it probably will – I'd, I'd put it at like 60%. They open at home if they opened on the road next year. But it's not a guarantee. Yeah, so we'll, so, uh, so anyway, so we'll, 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 we'll track that. All right, today, who would you want on the team – that's not on the team now. 
That's one of our topics. Now, we, we went through all the guys yesterday we hope to keep. What about some free agents? Mike and Tony did a nice job of that this morning. That got, that's where I got the idea from. I don't want to stealing the idea, so I want to give him credit. But where, you know, who, where would we come up with an idea? I mean, who, who would you want on your team? Uh, which, play, which free agents? And by the way, the reality is they probably can't pay very many. It's probably going to be a lower-level guy. But which free agents who are going to have to decide – could, would you reasonably want to be on the football team? We'll go through some names. That'll be kind of fun. That is fun. It's a bad class anyway. So it, they kind of correct. They kind of did this the right way. It's a good way. year not to have a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk t- talk about that. Lauren made a great point. Uh, we were talking off air before the show about the significance of next year in college football because it's the last year without a twelve team playoff. I thought about. I heard you say that, Lauren. I can remember how important. How important important it was to the Gators to win the 91 SEC title because they had never won one officially. Now, now, 90, they should have been able to keep it, but they weren't because of one, one, uh, one NCAA thing that probably got over, over, overstated. 84 and 85, they would have, but they were on probation. So they had never officially won one. They were pioneers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well said. But they had never won one. They had, the, they had the best team in 91. They had a really good team. It's probably your second year. But I can remember covering the team for the newspaper – and being in the building a lot, the narrative was win it this year because who knows what's going to happen after this year. We got these divisions and these playoffs. Nobody now it turned out Florida won a bunch of those, but well, you didn't know. So all the talk was this is the last year best record wins. Remember that? Yeah. Last year best record wins. After that, it all changes. And and I'd forgotten about that because when we did the celebrating ninety one uh, podcast a summer or two ago, yeah. And uh, Spurrier joined us. He mentioned because he got gets a big kick out of it. The Gators are the last SEC team to clinch the conference title on their own home field. Yeah, that's right. Because that the next year it went to a neutral site and, format. And it has it, been ever since. It, and it will never change. Yeah. So Florida will always be able to say that they're the last team that won the SEC title on their own home field, and, which but, is kind of a cool accomplishment. But, and I can remember, I can remember, all, but I remember while covering it, all the talk about it, all the talk, all the talk, all the talk was, hey, we've got to find a way win this year because who knows what's going to happen when these play, who, who's going to handle the playoff circumstance the best. You know, you could have, you could have a, back then, was it eight, was it eight conference games even then? Probably was. So you could have, maybe seven, whatever. You could have a five and three team play an eight and no team, have a good day and beat them. You know, so, so, so all that works for not. So the last year you could win it based on your regular season. So, so you're, to your point about, I want to get into that a little bit. The significance of next year being the last year on a four teamer. So interesting stuff. We'll get to that coming up today. I want to talk about coaching arrogance. All I'm going to say is coaching arrogance, but it, that's going to be a topic uh, as we uh, move along. Watch well. your back, Urban Meyer. <laughs> now, see, why would you think Urban? <laughs> of all the people, Lauren, he could have gone to, he went to Urban. Who I, in the world would have gone there? Uh, every Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> fan or, to have ever lived. Or every football fan <laughs> who ever lived. There, well, there's also that. true. <laughs> but there's something uh, different about other than, those, he, other than those people. When he coached in college, the arrogance was at least like justified. had to be yeah just yeah. and had to be somewhat respected. Yeah, but, yeah. Just as clear. The NFL it was he was yeah. arrogant and no respect. But I'm going to talk about coaching arrogance a little bit later on. Uh, who are you rooting for? I, I want to ask people who they're rooting for in, in, in these four teams that are left standing. Who did you see the? Uh, the rift between Rory and Patrick Reed. Great stuff. That, and and I want, we're going to talk about how different that is than every other alternative league. And so we'll get to that later on. So we're loaded up with stuff, all kind of stuff to get to today on the uh, program, all kind of fun stuff that we will do. We're glad you're with us. We're live at Island Wing Company in Bartram. We're always brought to you on, by, on a Wednesday by the Kitchen and Flooring Design Center. 
They are the superstars in this town in renovating your home, your kitchens, your floors, your bathrooms. They've done it all for us, our closets, and they can do it for you as well. When we come back, though, let's start with the Jags. Who might you want? Oh, also, by the way, I want to get into Anthony Richardson. I forgot to tease that. Anthony Richardson, what will he be? What is he to Gator fans? All that as well. So that's, that's going to come up early in the program. But I'm going to start with who you'd want on your team if you were the Jaguars that has never played for the Jaguars or at least has not played for the Jaguars in a while, if at all. That's the next day with us. Hey, we're glad to as we continue along live from Island Wing Company in Bartram on a kitchen and flooring design center Wednesday. Frank Frangie hates Carla and Lauren Brooks. Andrew Gibson with you on this Wednesday installment of the program. What's the biggest need? Edge? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Edge is first, right? You agree or no? So I wonder, what are they going to do with Trayvon Walker? I need to know that answer before I kind of know what position. If they're going to keep Trayvon Walker at outside linebacker, do you still think Edge is the most important? Yes, because I don't – whether they try him there again or not, I don't sense that there's anybody that can rush the passer from the edge. Whether, whether they try to use him again or not. So for me, for me, yes. So then if they continue this scheme and they have Trayvon and Josh Allen and they get an edge guy, what happens? Figure it out. Move him inside, alternate him, move somebody somewhere. Well, you know, the, it's, it's not, again, this isn't like baseball where you have one lineup. You know, you can, you can you run them in and out of there as much as you want. I, you can't have too many resources. Well, the other thing, too, you know, is I don't think it's a – guarantee that Josh Allen is a Jaguar beyond 2023 right I agree and so you also kind of have to think a little bit about what are you doing with Josh Allen I would assume he's going to play on the fifth year option this season at 10.8 million but beyond that you you don't really know what that what the future is there you know I I think a lot of us would like to see Josh Allen be a Jaguar for a long time and, and he played well after a really slow two-thirds of the season right. he played pretty well in the final third of it uh but I think if you're the Jaguars you, you've got to be ready in case that's a deal that doesn't get done and you know so if you go edge at let's say 24 uh or sign a free agent uh but edge at 24 I think would be more likely then you've either got kind of the good problem you have at offensive tackle if you keep Josh Allen you've got three pretty good guys you would like to think uh if Josh Allen moves on, you have an in-house option in 2024. Yeah. And most likely Trayvon will play some inside no matter what happens. So Edge is still, without the pass rush that they were yeah. missing basically for much of the season, then, yeah, pass rush is still really important. All right. So, um, and again, uh, Mike and Tony and, and Johnny O went through this today a little bit that I was able to hear of, and it was a great topic. So we're kind of borrowing the topic from them, but I love it. All right. So I pulled up a spotrack.com list. So this list is listed by how much money they made last year, okay, based on their so, – so it doesn't mean they're the best guys. So I'm going to go right to the top is of the list. Is this edge only? This is, I'm going to go through a bunch of – I'm starting with edge only. Um, Robert Quinn's going to be 33 years old, almost 34. He made $14 million, no chance. Brandon Graham's 35 years old, uh, $13 million, no chance. Yannick Ngakwe is the third guy on this list. He's only 28. He moved the needle for you? I like Ngakwe, but I'd be surprised if that's the direction that they go. Yeah, I'll be shocked based off of the history here. Me too. Jadevion Clowney is 30 years old. Um, too expensive also, I would think. Ashawn Robinson's on this list. He's 28 years old. Um, I'm trying to – Akeem Hicks is on this list. He's 33. I can't find an, a true edge guy that's young enough. You know, Dwan Smoot's on this list. 
Uh, do they bring Smoot back? Arden Key's on this list. He's on, you realize Arden Key's only 26? Yeah. Why does it feel like he's way older than that? Maybe because we feel that way to you? well, I tell you why I think it it probably does because he was a star at LSU was like a freshman. Yeah, that's right. And so, and that's been many years ago. Now he was really young, obviously, uh, but maybe because of that, because I think his best season in college was his freshman year. Yeah, it was. It's yeah, a, so that's possible. Is Marcus Davenport on there? Marcus Davenport, I will tell you, is not on this list. I'm looking at. Okay. Um, I don't see him. Again, there's a long list. So, but I almost wonder, again, back to what we said yesterday, are you better off with Arden Key and Dewan Smoot? Dewan Smoot's hurt, so the progress of his rehab is a big part of it. But, I mean, I'm looking at Carlos Dunlop, who's 34 years old. I'm looking at a lot of these guys are older guys, you know. So, Hayes, to your point about there's not much out there, there's really not much out there. There's not much out there. In fact, I'm trying to locate it, and I'm having trouble, so I apologize. Uh, one of the NFL analysts uh, that I follow produced a free agent chart, his yeah. free agent chart, today, and I should have saved it. But in looking through it briefly, the thing that stood out to me is that Edge Rusher, he had Arden Key fourth. Yeah, that's, a, that's the point. I There's mean, just so not if, much out if there. Arden Key is fourth, that becomes – that's not going to be a one-year, four million dollar right. deal like it was this year, right. uh, you know. So, so that that was interesting. Now he did have Juwan Taylor pretty far down on tackles, right. okay. which I thought was interesting. That so, could help this team. Um, he, ha- I want to say, he had Juwan Taylor maybe as like the fifteenth best available tackle, wow. which surprised me. He had. Uh, I'm trying to think who and else I'm, would apply. Well, he had yeah. Ingram as the second tight end yeah. behind Dalton Schultz. Uh, and then a, a former Jaguar that is uh, signed a one-year deal, DJ Chark, he had, is the fourth best free agent receiver, just to give you right. kind of an idea right. at, at that spot. So, so PFF on their top 50 free agents at edge is Marcus Davenport. And he's only 26 years old. He's had some injuries over the past few seasons. But for a 26-year-old, I would certainly be interested. I don't, I, so he's one guy. But there's not a lot. You might be better off just taking the guys you got. Um, cover corners the other spot. And then drafting someone, you're yeah. saying. Yeah. No, I'm saying key and smooth. But I'm see, it, if everyone thinks pass rush is the most important and you roll with what you have uh, this well, year. Well, no, you're right. And maybe draft someone anyway. Okay. But, I, but I'm talking about for now, for today's conversation, I think you might be better off just if you're, if you're going to bring in a free agent, maybe one of the ones you've already had. But yeah, no, you're right. I, I, yeah, if you get to number 24 and there's enough variety of positions out there that you can draft need, not not not. Uh, value, if, you, if it's need over value, yeah, edge would be first for me, no matter what you do in free agency. Dane Brugler said edge is the deepest position in all of the mock drafts, or in all of the drafts, and he believes that as far as in his mock drafts that he's done, edge will go into day three. Right. So I don't think you necessarily have to get edge at 24. You could turn around and get it at 56, right. or you could get it potentially even later. But you still want the best one. All right, what about cover corner? Is that one you would, you would take a peek at a, a free agent, or is that something you really want to do in the draft? Uh, no, I, I think cover corner is something that you would absolutely look at. By the way, thank you to Corey Adams, uh, listener, for sending me this on Twitter. So it's from Mike Clay, uh, who had these free agent rankings. So um, anyway, so I, I do appreciate right. that. A corner he's got, and again, this is yeah. one man's list, uh, but he does a good job. He's got James Bradbury for the Eagles at one. Okay. Uh, J- uh, Jamal Dean of the Bucks, Patrick Peterson of the Vikings, 
uh, Cam Sutton uh, for Pittsburgh. Right. So again, that's a lot of options. Yeah, it's oh, and there's more if you can that. afford them. And there's, there, there's oh, this list yeah, yeah. is. This, I mean, you guys should find this well, chart. It's it's Mike Clay and, NFL, and, I, and, and I, literally he's got. I want to. It looks like. I don't know. Well, the six hundred players the, that are on this and list. The spot rec one does too. It just uh, you, this one's got him ranked. He's got him ranked based on his preference. Correct. This has him ranked on based on how uh, much money they made last year. Correct. Which can throw you off yeah. because sometimes if a guy's on a rookie contract, correct, he's not going to show up very so, high on spot rack's list. Like I would assume Davenport probably is if he's right. only twenty six. So so Brad Berry's third on this list. He made seven point two last year. Uh, Bradley Roby's on this list. He's 31 now. He made 10 million. And by the way, don't you think the guys that are on a team that's still playing are most likely going to want to resign you, with them? You, yeah, but it's still a business. It's right. Still a, it's still a business deal. Uh, Eli Apple's on here. I'm good on that one. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Marcus Peters. So I think he's uh, same thing. I don't. Th- I don't like who he is. Sometimes I don't think. I don't. I don't love Marcus. I, Peters. I honestly, I think that they can go edge at 24. Nickel corner at the second round where you're getting a premier. And that's, and that's know, assuming they don't do it in free agency. Correct. Yeah. And then I think in, in the third round, you could take an interior defensive lineman. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess certainly you could address these things in free agency. But for today's topic, who would you want that played in the league last year that was not on the Jaguars, if there's I, anybody? If I was going to do something like that, I'd make a trade. Uh, you know, because the free agent class, I think, is underwhelming. So... You know, could you find, uh, you know, we saw, we've seen Von Miller get traded. We've seen Bradley Chubb get traded. Could you find an edge rusher that is at the kind of the, could you find Josh Allen just somewhere else? You know, but a player that you believe is a, is a more proven player. Which Second, is honestly but, probably Jan. <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst part just because of the fact that everything I, didn't look, go well here the I'd, originally. I'd have no problem with Ngakwe coming back, yeah, uh, and I, don't, I can't speak to lessons he's learned. I would think they're substantial uh, based on the nine teams that he's played for seemingly <laughs> since he's left Jacksonville. But for what he does from a football standpoint, he's exactly what they need. Correct. Right. They need a guy. You've got a 10-point lead. You know the opponent's throwing the ball. And Ngakwe, who has one tackle on the day, gets to the quarterback, Knocks the ball out of his hand. You recover the fumble. You win the game, and that's the only play he makes. Right. But it's the biggest play of the game in terms of sealing the win, and uh, it's it's what he is. He is a closer. What, that's all he is. He, what, if you ask Ngakwe to throw seven innings, you're going to be disappointed. If you ask Ngakwe to come in and get you three outs, right. He can do that. I worried that that number one, he got a little chippy, chirpy with with the front office. And secondly. There's got to be a reason he keeps bouncing around that much. That would concern me. I think because we know he can't st- stop the run how in about that position. Tony Khan would have to be a very be the bigger person yeah. if if there's going to be a reunion. Here. Now Patrick Peterson at age 32. Would you think that's a little I, too old for real, corner? He's a really good player. I think Patrick Patrick Peterson. I don't care if he's 40. To me, he's a really good player. Um, if you could afford him. Yes, I'd be all over it. And that, I don't want to go 32. I think this team's too young for that. But I love – but he's, he would be an exception to my belief. What about you? Uh, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't love it, yeah. you know. Um, would you rather have Marcus Peters, who's three years younger? Probably. Eli Apple, who's 
five years younger? Yeah, I'm with her on him. I wouldn't want either one of them. Yeah, I'd probably take Peters, but yeah. uh, you have to accept that you're going to have some personal fouls yeah, with he's, Peters. And he's chippy, but, chirpy. But, yeah. I mean, there could be something yeah. to yeah. Sure, does little, this, has yeah. this team elevated enough where you need a little edge? Yeah. I mean, he plays with an edge. There was, so, there was so much... There was so much of that that turned into negativity in the 17 team that turned into negativity a year or two later that I'd be gunshot. That's just me. Yeah. Because the culture is so good with this group. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's another one. Now he's yeah. obviously a safety, not yeah. a corner. But another guy where if you're going to bring him in your locker room, you know right. that you're going to have to deal with some issues. All right, let's go. How about running back? Uh, for a third running back. I'll take Saquon. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that how, was coming. How about, run, uh, how about Miles Sanders? Who's 26 and doesn't make anything. I think he has 11 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns oh, on the season. Sanders. Yeah, I mean. I, he'd I, want to start, and you got, you got your starter, so maybe that doesn't That's fit. the thing. I, I, think yeah. it, I think when you don't have a lot of money to yeah. start with, you're yeah. probably not investing at running back. Yeah, probably you know? not. Now, maybe. Because you, you got your starter. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Again, this is the list Mike Clay has. If you go, I'm going to just skip to, he doesn't have the, the numbers here, yeah. but I'm assuming this is about number 10. So if you get beyond the top 10 running backs, You've got Jeff Wilson Jr., Jamal Williams, who scored about 50 touchdowns in Detroit this season. Right. Raheem Mostert, Donta Foreman, uh, Samjay P. Ryan, who is outstanding. Yeah. Now he's a third down back. Right. And, and well, that's what you. Yeah. I mean, you've got I, ETN. But I think you need a downhill guy. So it's inverted a little bit. Your third down back type guy starts. So your downhill guy may be your backup. What about so like, you want Josh Jacobs? What yeah. about like Latavius Murray? Latavius yeah. Murray is the one that got my attention. He's 33. But he's going to cost you nothing. Oh, yeah. And he is a downhill runner. He, he, I would like him on the team for, for third and a yard and a half. I'd like him on the team. Well, and, and here's my question with all the running backs. Because we saw ETN out for some of that game against the Chiefs, and it, we don't think it was injury, we think it was pass protection, any running back you bring in, you would assume needs to be really good in pass pro. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. By the way, Jermichael Hasty's a free agent, too. But I, but I would – I, I would want a down. I would want a downhill runner. I think that as much as anything for me, I would want a. I would want a downhill runner. One of the so basically, James Robinson, if he was healthy before the knees. Yeah, but but even he, I mean a big physical two hundred. James Robinson is a downhill runner, but I mean a physical hit you in the mouth guy. Of course, of course. So you'd want Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley if you could afford them. Well, Saquon Barkley's in everything back. Yeah, right. I mean, who wouldn't want? I Saquon mean, there's Barkley? some guys like that. Uh, and I apologize if you just mentioned him. Um, did you guys mention Mark Ingram? No. no but, but, you know, he's a little old now. How old is he? Uh, 47. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> I mean, I mean um, Latavius Murray is 34. That's about as old as I want to yeah. go. But, yeah, but, but that's the kind of player. To your point, a downhill runner for me is what I would like to see. A couple more. Mark Ingram is he was, uh, 33. I'll tell you. Okay. No, he's no, not you know 47. He's, he's about the same age. Well, he's not older than Latavius. And, and I'll tell you, that this is why it's a good thing that, that I'm not a general manager <laughs> yeah. because I fell in love with Benny Snell as a prospect uh, yeah. coming yeah. out of Kentucky. Was, he was terrible. And, and same he was, here. And same he was here. terrible with the Steelers yeah. who know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. So that tells me. He's probably not very good. I'm with you. But he is a free agent. I, and if I was the general yeah, manager yeah. of a team, Benny Snell would be getting yeah, an offer. Yeah. He's not very good, but I thought he would be good, too. I, 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 I am with you on that. Um, so, anyway, but here's what we learned from that little exercise. Uh, the reality is there's probably not a lot of free agents that, of significance that are going to come. Whoever shows up as a free agent, I mean, is there any spot where, where you think a free agent 
would start for the football team? I don't. I mean, the a top left, left, if is there a left guard that Mike could? I mean, the top left guard on Mike Clay's list is uh, uh, Isaac Somalo. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. He's pretty good He's then. probably pretty good, but, um, yeah. But, I mean, I mean if, but I'm thinking, uh, I mean. But won't the, won't the left guard competition be between Barch and Shatley? Well, that's what I'm saying. If you can improve, though. Right. Or, I mean, either one of those guys or are great. Or Walker Little. Or Walker yeah. Little. But none, of those, but none of those guys are great players. What I'm saying is if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, I'm trying to see, are there any positions where you'd go get a guy, you know? By the way, I, I'm, so he has Jawan Taylor as the 11th best of available right. offensive tackle in free agency. Yeah, so. I mean, again, just one man's opinion. But, uh, but, but what, what, I've come, what I've taken out of here is there's not, there's not going to be many free agents who are going to fight for a starting job on this football team, I don't think. So here's the tricky question. The Jaguars drafted two off-the-ball linebackers last draft. But could you upgrade that position? With a more with Devontae guy. David, yes. for instance, you right? Know, like, y- you know what? I know yes. you're not necessarily going to do that. I understand, but, but, but in thinking about it, I, I hear you. you could probably upgrade that position with someone more veteran next to a little. Yeah, and I, and I could live with that, and and because that doesn't mean you're quitting on either one of your guys. Correct. It just means it, it may not be time right. What? No, I. That's kind of where we're going with this. Yes, but I like Levante David next to Foye Luicon. Yeah. Yes, I would. I, I, then I, you'd have more of like the 49ers linebacking. Court. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would love that. I mean, I, I, I tell you what. If you've got $100 million to spend in this offseason, yeah. you're getting ready to write a lot of bad contracts. Yeah, that's right. No, I agree. <laughs> that, that, it's why the Jaguars are so smart to get Calvin I mean, Ridley when they did yeah, because how about, how about the Cal- wide receiver class, especially in free agency, is not very good. To, to Lawrence's point, what if you had Kyle Van Noy? Well, I think he's a really good yeah, player. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good player. Sure. And, and I know and they I just drafted he, two off the ball linebackers. I understand. And at 32 years old, I don't think he's breaking the bank. You know, Alex Anzalone is okay. I don't think he's a great player. The top two free agent receivers on his list. Juju Smith-Schuster. Who I would not want. Who I wouldn't take. Yeah. And Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Who I would not want. I, right. w- I wouldn't want either one of them. Those are the top. That's yeah. why the, so. the trade for Calvin and that's Ridley if was they, very again, smart. This list is going to get right. worse by the time the new league year begins because right. some of these guys are going to get tagged. We'll take a break. Or are going to sign an extension before they hit the market. We're going to keep it on the NFL. When we come back, I want to talk about teams you're rooting for, expectations you have. I got a bunch of thoughts about the four standing teams. Just next, stay with us. Hurts is back. He's going to go with the draw. He's going to run. He's going to score. Galen Hurts. He's healthy. And the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Kansas City for the AFC Championship game. It's a kitchen and flooring design center Wednesday on the Frangie Show. Make your home dreams come true with the kitchen and flooring design center. Uh, The comments of uh, Merrill Reese, the play-by-play voice of Philadelphia, Dan Horde, the Bengals guy. Who are you rooting for? I am rooting for Cincinnati, although I like both teams, but I'm rooting for Cincinnati, and I'm rooting for Philadelphia. And who do you root for? And then if it plays out that way, who would you root for? Cincinnati. How about you? I'm rooting for the Chiefs because I want the team that knocked the Jaguars out to win it all, I suppose. And or at least get to the Super Bowl. And then on the other side, I'm honestly torn. I have a friend who's a diehard Eagles fan. I have no affiliation with the 49ers, but there's something about the way that team's built that I really like. And so I, that one's a toss-up for me. I don't, I don't really have a rooting interest. I'm rooting for the 49ers because I'm rooting for Brock Purdy. I love Denny's, not because he's Denny's guy, although that's kind of cool. Um, I just think that is a really cool story. I just think Brock Purdy barely drafted. Some people didn't care about him, ignored him. 
I think Brock Purdy winning the Super Bowl would be just fantastic. Just just more than anybody else. I mean, the other guys, were, I mean, Jalen Hurts wasn't drafted super high, but everybody knows Jalen Hurts. He went to both Alabama and Oklahoma. The, the blood doesn't get any bluer than that. Joe Burrow has won the Heisman already. Patrick Mahomes is the, probably the best player in football. For Brock Purdy to be standing over all those guys, I just think would be the coolest thing. I, I just I just think it's 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 Rudy, man. It's the it's it's I mean, you know, I mean I just think it would be and don't get me wrong, I'm hoping a first overall pick wins a lot of Super Bowls in the coming years. But but since that first overall pick isn't there, I am really hoping and rooting hard for this I just think the Brock Purdy story is cool. And by the way, I think Brock Purdy I don't think Tom Brady's going to San Francisco. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back at San Francisco. And if it's Trey Lance, I think he's, when he gets healthy, he's going to be the backup. I think this is Brock Purdy. I could be dead wrong, but I think this is Brock Purdy's team for a long time. And it'll be fascinating if that's the case after all the different quarterback things the they've stuff. gone through and done and made decisions about and, and all that stuff. I, I think it is a great story. Uh, I guess in the world of the NFL – I feel like the NFL's anti-rookie, especially rookie quarterback, I don't think they care as much where he's drafted because of Tom Brady and all his success. But I feel like the NFL, all the, the veterans, don't want a rookie to be able to get to the Super Bowl and certainly let alone win it. Yeah, I don't – maybe maybe not, but I just – I'm rooting for this guy, Brock Purdy. I just – I am, like, outwardly rooting for this guy, Brock Purdy. Yeah, I, I get it. It's a great story. I, I will say this. I, I think that you don't have a villain among the four. I agree with that. You know, I don't think. 100% I, agree you know, with I that. Th- 100%. People, people love Mahomes and Andy Reid. I agree. Uh, I think everybody loves Joe Cool and Cincinnati and the fact Cincinnati's never won it, right? Right, right, right. Never Correct. won it. They've been Correct. there multiple times, but they've never won They're it. They're the only team in the final four without a Super Bowl victory. Yeah. Uh, you've got the Eagles. I think people really appreciate Jalen Hurts' story. and. But they fired Doug Peterson. Yeah, they Jaguars, did. Jaguars yeah. fans should be happy about yeah, that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and then San Francisco with what they've done on their third quarterback. And uh, so it, it, it doesn't feel like there's a villain in the group, which is kind of cool. That's a, that's a great take. If the Steelers, Patriots, Cowboys were there, they're polarizing. A lot of people root for them. A lot of people root against them. They're tired of them. Um, but there's nobody here like that. The Chiefs win a few. They'll become that team. But they're not that team now. I agree with you. There, there's not a villain there. So yeah, I'm not going to be upset no matter who gets there. I'm going to. I, I, and look, if you look at all the quarterback stories, Patrick Mahomes seems like a great guy. Andy Reid. It's his 24th year as an NFL coach. It'd be his second title. That'd be pretty cool. But Mahomes wasn't necessarily the. Uh, where, where was he drafted? Tenth. He was tenth. Yeah. So that's kind of a good story. Jalen Hurts kind of got pushed to the side in college. He had to go find a second college. Nobody thought he'd be a great pro. Nobody. And he's turned into be a terrific pro. So that's obviously a great story. We all know the Bur- Burrow had to finish at a second college. You know? I mean, there's two guys that had to finish at a second one One guy went to Texas Tech. One guy went to Iowa State. The other two guys kind of got pushed to the side at their first school. So that's to your point of all being kind of good stories. But I just think this Brock Purdy story is just so cool. A guy that he's six foot one, maybe. He was the 262nd pick. He was 262. Out of 262. Out of 262. He was 262, and he's two wins from a Super Bowl, and I think he might win it. I mean, a lot of people think they have the best team. 
there's a lot of people to think. I think they have the best team. The question is, is he going to be able to do the things? If it gets super close down the stretch, is he going to be able to do the things? I'm not saying he's not going to be able to. It's just he doesn't have any experience doing, obviously, what he's about to go do. And, And a great part of the intrigue, Lauren, is that, is will that rear its head? And he hasn't been looking over his shoulder because Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been able to play, and he's not going to be able to play this weekend. So oh. he still doesn't have to look over his shoulder. Yeah. It, it, and, again, what San Francisco can do with McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle and, and, Ayuk. and Ayuk, I yeah. mean, it, it makes them really unique <laughs> right. and, and how they can attack you. And, uh, you know, I, I think Philadelphia will be able to handle it. Uh, but San Francisco has an unbelievable roster. There's no doubt about it. It's going to take a team like Philadelphia, who has, in my opinion, every bit the yeah. roster, and they've got their starting quarterback. And, but and it's, it's, it's going to be, again, just two great games. You can already see the lines as people start yeah. to forecast. And, I mean, the lines are basically, no matter what the matchup is, pick them to one, Purdy which w- is going to be awesome. This will be the tightest, I think, yeah. Super Bowl in terms of 50-50. Uh, that maybe I mean if it's a pick'em, you can't be better than that. That'll either be the record or tie the record, and uh, so it is going to be a phenomenal conclusion to the NFL season. Purdy was a three-star, okay, as a three-star. I don't know what offers he had, but he chose Iowa State. I don't get the sense he turned down USC, Ohio State, and Alabama to pick'em. Mm-hmm. He gets there. He might be the next Graham Mertz. His freshman <laughs> year, he uh, he's third string to. Kyle Kempt and Zeb Nolan, okay? Kyle Kempt and Zeb Nolan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a great – It is. It's a great He's story. He's done a great job. I mean, it's just – and he, he, might, he might win the Super Bowl. I mean, if you've been following Super Bowls, they don't – the Brock Purdy's yeah. don't win them. It, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Patrick Mahomes, that's who wins Super Bowl. If you're paying attention – that's who wins the Super Bowl. Well, and, and it's got to feel eerily similar to conversations that you would have been having the first year that Brady broke through and won the Super Bowl. Correct. I exactly mean, right. He came out of nowhere. Sixth Everybody thought their season was over when Bledsoe got hurt. And it was like, he's not going to, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, they've got a good defense and Belichick. And although at that point, Belichick wasn't near the icon he is now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and sure enough, Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. But even, even you're right. It's, it's very similar to that. But even once you saw him, you, saw, you started saying, well, he's six foot four. He's got an incredible arm. He's got an incredible release. They just missed on him. I'm still not sure anyone's saying about this guy. He's still a six one guy. You know, I, I think if, if they had the, Tom Brady was taken in the sixth round. If they redrafted five years later, he'd be picked first, right? If we redrafted this guy five years later, he might get to the third round, yeah. right? Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean and that, again, it's, that's what's amazing about I think the story. I think it's a great story, and I think it's going to help Stetson Bennett in this draft. I think it's yes. going to help yes. uh, Jordan Travis when he he comes out that the the uh, the raw athletic traits from a passing standpoint may not be what you'd want, but or the si- you know the height, but these guys can just play and. Yeah. You know, they just they get to this level and they so, can just make plays. They're poised and smart. So I think I'm rooting for. Uh, you made a great point, Hayes, that I can't argue with. They'd be all four would be easy to root for. That's kind of your point. Is Purdy because of San Francisco because of Purdy, Cincinnati, Lawrence. To your point, they've never won one, and they're kind of a, they've certainly been underdogs for a long time. 
Philadelphia because Hurts is a good story, and Kansas City because you'd like the team to beat you to be the team to win it all. That, that says more about your team. So, yeah, it's yeah. I, I, and I, for I, Patrick Mahomes to overcome that injury. Yeah. But, but I will say, from the Jaguars' perspective, Mahomes and Joe Burrow, maybe Josh Allen, but certainly those two, Jaguars fans are going to hate those two quarterbacks I think in the near future, because I think it's going to be a shuffling of, of these three teams to get to the AFC championship hey, or who's, beyond. Who's better, the two NFC teams or the two AFC teams? I, I would take the two. The, the rosters are probably better in the NFC. Right. But I, I can't go against Mahomes and Burrow. The quarterback. So I would take the right, AFC the, the quarterback is equal. I think you said it. I think a lot of people think the 49ers and the Eagles are the two best teams but they don't have the quarterback play necessarily that the AFC teams have. Mahomes has been to now five straight AFC championships. He's been to at least two Super Bowls, Mm -hmm. won one, lost one, and Joe Burrow's already lost in a Super Bowl. That type of experience is invaluable. Sorry, Brock Purdy. When we come back, uh, who are you you rooting for, Gib? I'm pulling for the Bengals and um, the 49ers. Uh, Bengals have an App State guy starting linebacker, Akeem Davis-Gaither. But um, right. I'm also pulling for my Loser Monday picks, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, right. Gibby, by the way. You're on the clock. You are, I mean, the whole world's watching us do Gibby picks. That's is right. Gibby going to – I just saw Orlovsky breaking down yes. what Gibby should do. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't listen to him, uh, Gibby. <laughs> uh, and Gibby will do that on Friday, as a matter of fact. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Have you done, have you done your value board yet? No. Nah. Are, are you arrogant enough to think doesn't matter? You have no, you do, you do I'm just does. gonna take who's handed to me. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm, you're picking fourth, so yeah. I, you know, we'll but just the, we'll see who's there. But the, but, but the loser does have to. Like Lauren made a great point. We, it, Hayes and I don't have to wear the hat. That's already been established. But one of us still might have to carry our ass to lunch to go get the to go get the food, right? So that is right. correct. Very good point. Uh, we will take a break. I want to talk about Anthony Richardson when we come back. Stay with us. Hey, we're glad you're with us. We continue along from Island Wing Company in Bartram, a wonderful location. We love coming here. We love going to the Southside location. Uh, and we all think, always thank our friends from the Kitchen and Flooring Design Center. Guys, what a great job they do. Located right there on Southside Boulevard, easy to find. They can do your kitchen, your bathroom. They've done Lauren's inside of her home, my home, floors, uh, closets. And they really are good at it. Uh, they've done this a long time in our city. Uh, you know the name by now if you listen to this program, the Kitchen and Flooring Design Center. A center. And by the way, they'll help you design it. If you're yeah. like me and you say, I want to update things in my house, but I'm not exactly sure what colors go with what and yeah. what's the latest or what's going to last the longest, they'll help you do all that. They've got too. great designers. Great call. they got great designers. Same with us. So uh, so they do a great job. The Kitchen Flooring Designs are very proud to be uh, spokespeople for them. All right. So, Anthony Richardson, uh, you heard a moment ago the comments of uh, part of the comments of Mel Kuyper. You know by now Mel Kuyper is among the great draft analysts of, of all time. Uh, and he's got his first mock out, and he's got Anthony going where? Ninth, I Ninth believe, to, the to Carolina. He's got him in a t- the top ten pick to Carolina. Here is a full co- the, the full breadth of the comment from of Mel Kuyper about Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson. This is going to be frustrating. This is going to be difficult, the evaluation process with Anthony Richardson, because you see the talent. You see the ability to run and, and destroy defenses with his legs. You see the big-time arm strength, but you see layups that he's missing. He's go to the left. He's bouncing throws, bubble screens, not on the target. Coaching is going to be critical for him, Todd. I understand you'd like to see you back for another year. He's coming out. I think the hope is go to a team that can let him sit for a little bit. He is not going to be ready. The talent's in abundance, but he needs work 
on being accurate throwing the football and seeing the field, making good decisions. All that is something Anthony Richardson really needs. Would have been loved to see him another year at Florida, but that's not going to happen. Uh, say what you want about Kuyper, but watching every play of Anthony Richardson's career, that was a dead-on take. Great traits, great kid, great work ethic, but really erratic in such a way that he does miss layups, that he does miss easy throws. Then he makes phenomenal plays that wow you. What do you think of him, Where he and I'm going to ask both of you, where he will go in the draft, where how long will it be before he plays, what kind of a pro he will be? Where do you think, and I'm going to go backwards, I'm going to talk about where we think it's going to end and then go back to how it started. But where do you think the Anthony Richardson train goes? Well, I like Anthony. I, I like everything I've heard about him as a person. I obviously like and respect Denny. Um, I, I think he's a year away from being a year away from being a year away. I mean, I, it, to me, it's if you take Anthony Richardson, you cannot start him immediately. He will be shell-shocked. He is not ready. Uh, it will be a horror show that will be very difficult. It'll think Zach Wilson, but on a different level because they're going to be different kind of players. Uh, but the mistakes are going to be as glaring. The, the missed plays are going to be as glaring uh, if he has to play right away. Uh, Kuyper's absolutely right. If, if a team, that's why he'd be a terrible fit in Carolina because they would, they would start him week one. Uh, but if, and he's not going to fall, I think his projection's right because we know how these teams operate. They're going to see Young and Levis and Stroud go off the board, and a team's going to be like, what are we going to do? We're going to take Anthony Richardson and roll the dice that that's going to save us and save our jobs. Um, the ideal would be for Anthony Richardson to go to uh, Minnesota where maybe Kirk Cousins holds down the fort for maybe even two years. Uh, you know, go somewhere, maybe it is uh, Baltimore, who can franchise tag Lamar Jackson once, probably could do it twice, certainly could not do it a third time. So maybe Anthony Richardson sits behind Lamar Jackson for a couple, at least one, maybe two years before he's ready in, in year three. I, I just, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Anthony Richardson's fantastic. I just have seen no evidence that he is willing on a 65-play game in the NFL to deliver 40 plays that are going to be acceptable. And to me, that's a very low bar anyway. So I, I think if you draft him and play him next year, you are begging for a disaster. Yeah, when you're excited about a quarterback's mobility, there has to be more to it than just that. And you have to be able to see that quarterback be successful in college. And the great mobile quarterbacks in the NFL were all successful in college. That's why they got to where they are now. Anthony Richardson was not a successful quarterback in college. I think he's drafted late first round. I understand people mocking him earlier than that. I, I think most general managers are going to have watched every snap that he took and say, I can't start this guy right away. So I cannot take him uh, with a first over the first round pick, maybe late first round. I think more early second round. What will he be in 10 years? I think he will be a backup quarterback in the NFL in 10 years. I don't think he'll be in the league in 10 years. Yeah. The, uh, he's Tyler Glass now. He throws 100 miles an hour with the nastiest breaking pitch you've ever seen. But can he learn to pitch? 
And that's what Anthony Richardson is. And was Glasnow healthy in the beginning? I know he just went through Tommy John. Yeah, was yeah. he healthy early on? Well, yeah. Because that's the other thing. AR has not been healthy. Tyler Glasnow, there were so many expectations of him. He had as much ability, I think, as any pitcher who ever came into baseball in the history of forever. Threw harder than any of them. Bigger, great athlete. All the same things. Good kid, hard worker. But never learned how to pitch. Now I got to Tampa and it looked like he did learn how to pitch, or more so, and then got hurt. But my point is I'm using glass now because we all know him. It could have been anybody. But he's a guy that throws a – Anthony Richardson's a guy that throws 100 with a nasty breaking pitch that hasn't learned how to pitch. And I'm not smart enough to know if he's going to develop that. That's the thing. Now, as far as accurate, I think he's a far more accurate passer when he's on than Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson is what he is every game. Moderately accurate, but dynamic. Anthony Richardson at times is not dynamic. At times he's not lower his shoulder and make the spectacular play. At times he does. I do, I'm not smart enough to know whether or not he will learn how to pitch. So I'm asking you guys to guess. My guess is kind of where Lauren is. My guess is he's a guy that will at times start at times have some big games, but will probably ultimately be a bit of a journeyman because I don't know that I can tell you he'll ever learn how to pitch. But having said that, it's so damned hard to find quarterbacks nowadays that if you got a guy with all those traits and with willingness, because he's willing now. He, you said, will he be willing? He'll, he's willing. It's just capable is the question. Is he capable of? of completing, and I asked Denny this before he had ever played. We, uh, we had this conversation, not this season, last year when Emory Jones was playing, and I said, Denny, he can do spectacular things, but can he read defenses for three straight quarters? Can he complete 23 out of 28 and half of them are checkdowns because he knew when to check down? And Denny goes, Frank, we don't know because he hadn't had a chance, which is a good answer, which is a fair. This was not this past year. This was in the 21 season. And he said, until he gets a chance, our frustration was, we knew Emory Jones couldn't do it, yet he kept getting the chances, and Anthony Richardson didn't. Wasn't that all our frustration with Dan Mullen, addition to Damian Pierce? But from a quarterback standpoint, I never felt like bench Emory Jones because Anthony Richardson's going to be great. I never, felt, I never felt it last year. I said bench Emory Jones because we figured out he's not great, and Anthony Richardson might be. And so I still find myself thinking, I just don't know what to think. You're both right about don't start him next year. Mel Kuyper said that. He's not a guy that can go into the – as intricate as the NFL. I mean, Trevor Lawrence really knew how to play. Really knew. And he struggled with the intricacies of the NFL. Now, he didn't have anyone developing him, but he struggled with it too. You know, Urban Meyer had no idea what he was doing in the NFL. But Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer were good NFL guys. Not great coaches, but at least they understood the whole NFL thing. And they had trouble getting Trevor there. Now you got a great coach now getting him there. So I, I think – but – so how will Gator fans remember Anthony Richardson, or does that, ha or does it depend on what happens in the next ten years? I mean, that that'll influence it somewhat if Anthony Richardson becomes, uh, if he does become like Cam Newton, good in the NFL, then Florida fans will, you know, obviously be his biggest champion. Claim the heck out yeah. of him. Yeah, claim um, the heck out of him. You know, particularly for a university that's produced such little NFL elite NFL talent. Um, but you know, I, I think if I think for the for the Florida fan that doesn't really care about the NFL, I think it's 
not much of a legacy. I think, you know, yeah, he had some electrifying moments, and everybody will remember the Utah win. But, you know, this is a program that judges you on national titles, not beating a Pac-12 team, you know. To start the season. Right. And so, uh, you know, I I don't think it'll be any sort of great collegiate legacy. Uh, And, you know, again, if if he – turns out to be a star in the NFL there'll be a lot of Gator fans that you know certainly are huge cheerleaders of Anthony Richardson but the other thing too that you brought up just real quick it's it's going to be much easier to answer where is he in 10 years when we see the environment he's drafted into if it's Carolina I don't think he has much of a chance if it's uh, yeah yeah I mean but if it's you know let's say he gets drafted by uh, New England yeah, or, or uh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, if he gets drafted by an organization that has proven it can develop quarterbacks, that's you know he's drafted with an offensive coach, like the uh, Steelers. Well, it's not an offensive coach, but yeah, uh, right. Like yeah. A, a good track, an record. established franchise, stability. You know, they they you know, but but I don't I don't see Carolina now again. It, you know, if Anthony Richardson ends up going to wherever Sean Payton takes a job. That's going to really help him, obviously. So a lot of it's going to be environmental. But if I'm judging it on him being selected ninth overall by the Carolina Panthers, I don't think this story is going to go very well. Who would you rather have at quarterback in the NFL, Jordan Travis or Anthony Richardson? Anthony Richardson, because as as much as it's hard not to root for Jordan Travis, I think that he's such a special, special player. I don't think he's got the arm talent to ever play much in the NFL. Now, I could be wrong. I've been wrong about him the whole time, so I could continue to be wrong about him. I don't think there's enough in there from a standpoint of throwing the football. I don't think he's got nearly the arm of some guys whose arm isn't strong enough to play in the league. I think he's a magnificent player and accurate as heck. I think he's got Danny Werfel's arm. I I think he's a way better athlete, but I think he's got Danny Werfel, as much as I rooted for Danny Werfel, he was never playing in the league because of arm strength. I think Jordan Travis is an arm strength. And so I, so I think, I think Anthony Richardson obviously has that. That's a great question, though. What's your it answer? is. I mean, I, I think, again, it's, it's the cost level, too. I would take Jordan Travis in the fourth round before I would take Anthony Richardson in the top ten. You know, that's what I would rather do. Now, do you, so you think Jordan might have the arm to play in the league? I, I do. I think Jordan Travis could absolutely have the ability to play in the NFL. And, again, my fear with Richardson is, unless this improves, he is going to be so easily baited by these savvy safeties and linebackers. And, he, you know, you've got to go through progressions. You've got to understand how defenses work. I don't think he's shown any signs of that. Jordan Travis, I think, could step into an NFL situation tomorrow and at least be functional right. in terms of understanding what's being fair, asked of him, fair point. what the defense is trying to do, where to attack the defense. All fair points. And, and so that's why I think Jordan Travis at least has a fighting chance. He's not the athlete, doesn't have the frame that Anthony Richardson has, but I would take my chances in the middle rounds with Jordan Travis, who I do think from a speed standpoint is going to be pretty electric in the NFL. There aren't too many guys that can get zero to 60 as fast in the NFL as Jordan Travis can do it. Hard to argue uh, that. And so I, I do think he has some traits that are, are very attractive. Stetson Bennett or Anthony Richardson? That one's harder because I think Stetson Bennett does have an NFL arm. Not a great NFL arm, but he's got an average NFL arm. Let's tell you what, let's stay on it. We're, we're, we're late. I want to take a break, but I want to stay on the topic. What is the answer to that? Who will play? Who will be better in the NFL? 
Anthony Richardson and Stetson Bennett. And before you chuckle, Brock Purdy's playing in the NFC Championship game, okay? And he got drafted lower than Stetson Bennett is going to get drafted. So before you blow that off, make sure you're paying attention Sunday. Back in a moment. Stay with us. Frank Frangie Hayes, Carline. I'm Lauren Brooks, live here at Island Wing Company, Bartram Park. Andrew Gibson back at 10 to Nexel headquarters, making it all happen and playing. The jams are to ask you the question just yeah. before the break. Anthony Richardson or Stetson Bennett in the NFL, who would you rather have? I've, got, I've taken the whole break to think about it. I'll still say Anthony Richardson. Okay. Because it's still more likely the 6'4", 240-pound guy with a rifle arm is going to be better than the 5'10 guy. Just because we've had Brock Purdy doesn't mean that it's very likely that an undersized guy. So I'll still take Anthony Richardson. I, I Because... We keep talking about we don't know if it's going to work or not. If it does work, it's going to work famously, right? So, um, so I'll take Anthony Richardson over both. If the question is which would you rather have, hey, you, you changed a little bit to I'd rather have Jordan Travis in the fourth and Anthony Richardson in the first. But let's all ask the, the questions we just asked. Which guy would you rather have? In your team? If you could have one on your team and you were the, the Panthers or the Seahawks or whoever, who, the Saints, who would you take of the three? I mean, again, if if I if if you had presented it that way, where it's like, okay, you're you've got it, your ownership demands you've got to take a quarterback at nine. Yeah. Who of these three yeah. are you taking? Well, I'm taking Anthony Richardson. Right. That wasn't my because question. Because I'm that, not going to be laughed out of the city. Right. Right. By that, taking Stetson Bennett <laughs> at nine. But that was I think that Stetson wasn't Bennett, my question. Yeah, and I don't have the guts <laughs> yeah. to sit there and take Stetson Bennett right. or Jordan Travis but at the, nine. But that wasn't my question. My question, in fairness, who? Three years from now, who would you of the three? Who would you rather have, regardless of how you get them? Who would you rather have on your team? I would rather. I think Stetson Bennett has a better chance in the NFL than Anthony Richardson. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and I don't. I don't know that you're off on that. I, I hear you. It took me five minute break to come up with it, and I and I narrowly came up with it. What well, we've you? seen both Jordan Travis and Stetson Bennett be able to read defenses. We've been able to see them go through progressions. We've been able to see them use yeah. their mobility yeah. at times. We've been able to see them go up against really good defenses, especially Stetson Bennett, and win. We've been able to see both of them win in big, high-pressure situations. We've never seen Anthony Richardson do that other than one game, and that's the Utah game. And then it kind of felt like he regressed through part of the season. Granted, he might have been injured and all those things. So it's always easier, I think, to take someone who you know has football IQ. And both Jordan Travis and Stetson Bennett have high football IQ. That's what Anthony Richardson at this point in time doesn't have. And so that's where we started the conversation last break. Can he learn that? We've seen lots of quarterbacks try and not be able to learn that. So what's your answer? My answer would probably be Jordan Travis of the three. I think Jordan Travis would be the most NFL-ready and in three years would have more victories than the other two. See, Jordan Travis is third of the three for me because I think he's got Danny Werfel's arm. And Danny Werfel Werfel had the greatest football IQ in the history of the sport. You talk about knack. Have you ever seen anybody that knew the play to make over four years more than he did? I mean, ever. But Danny Danny Werfel didn't run in a 4-4. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I hear you. I hear you. But – in my mind, if, and you're right, the NFL's changed. But if you can't make the throws, you can't make the throws. And I might be wrong about that I can't make the throws. But I'm just telling you, I don't care how fast you are, if you can't make the throws, you can't make the throws. And, I, and I'm worried that he can't. Now, again, I'm also the guy that said he would never be a great FSU quarterback. 
and I was the biggest dummy in town. So I might be the biggest dummy again. You know, well, we I, all thought Stetson Bennett was going to. At least I thought Stetson Bennett was going to lose his job this season did. to most, Carson yeah, Beck, and yeah. that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, th- truthfully, it's probably that in five years, none of the three have really correct. made much of that, a ripple. That's correct. probably, but, that's I mean, probably that's right. just the percentages yeah. of this. Right. But you know, again, in, in looking at it, Anthony Richardson needs the one thing that the NFL is never willing to give patience they're never willing to give patience and he is going to be drafted I don't care what the general manager that takes him that gets up to that podium the the day after to to get everybody excited about the pick he can sit there and say he needs a little bit of time the Jaguars tried it with Blake Bortles yep they took him third overall and and tried to say he needs a year we know we're taking him but we know he needs a year starting by the third game. And that's exactly what's going to happen to a team that takes Anthony Richardson in the top ten. The odds that they're going to have the patience that the Kansas City Chiefs had with Mahomes because they had Alex Smith, who was playing at a high level, uh, it's it's remote. To expect the NFL to wait for you to – grow up, right. and, no. and I don't mean that. Is a, he seems very mature. Sure. Grow up as a player. This is yeah. not going to happen. And, and, and by the way, we've said all this. The other side of that is this light might go on for him because he's sure trying, and he's sure a good guy. Oh, and absolutely. He, and, he's, and he's marvelously talented. Maybe the right NFL coach, quarterback coach, coordinator, developer, maybe the next Doug Peterson type, whoever gets a hold of him, and he does become – Cam Newton. You know, I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, so that's that's the beauty of the draft, the beauty of the intrigue. I mean, I'll say this. These NFL, they're not all dumb people. They're smart people in the NFL, and they all agree he's going to the first round. So, Of all the mobile quarterbacks that we talk about in the NFL, were any of them not very good in college? Well, you that's say what not, I keep you going say not, You to. say not very good. Not, Six and or five and seven. Well, forget record. I mean, the records can sometimes be who on your team. Sure, missing open guys, a lot yeah, of picks. That's the question. Not making the right decisions. That, 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 uh, were any of well, them currently? Oh, well, let's go through them. Uh, Mahomes didn't have that problem. Correct. Jalen Hurst didn't have that problem. Correct. Um, Lamar threw picks, but Lamar for the didn't most have part that was very successful. Um, Josh Allen, who's very athletic. I don't. I don't know enough about his Wyoming career, but I don't know. Well, Josh Allen, I don't know the answer to. The ones, I, the ones we've seen in college did not have that problem. Those, they seem to be able to manage the game consistently. That, that's your question. It's a fair Correct. question. That's a, that's, a, that's a fair question. So, and, and to your point, the, both Stetson Bennett and Jordan Travis have the consistency and accuracy down that it doesn't look like Anthony had. Jordan Travis, Hayes, to your point, in addition to all that, is a ridiculous athlete. Re- Jordan Travis, by the way, could be an NFL receiver. If he wasn't going to be a quarterback, he literally could be. He, he really could be an NFL receiver. Stetson Bennett couldn't do that, but he certainly to be, seems to be more consistent. So I'll tell you what, it's a great conversation piece. Anthony's going in the first round. Mm-hmm. Stetson's going Potentially in the – Potentially top ten. Yeah. Stetson's going in the fifth round this year, right, or whatever. Probably, yeah. Jordan Travis is going in the fourth round next year. Right, I mean, Probably, well, yeah. so unless just, he so has a Heisman type campaign, he could get higher than that. Could, but it, but it traits are traits, you know. So, and he, but we'll see. But bottom line is, in four years, we'll look back at this conversation. Yeah, and you might be right, A's. Might be none of them. I still think the best chance is Anthony because he does have those ridiculous traits. That and that's why he's getting drafted higher. Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. 
since they're uh, very comparable? Yeah, that's a great question. Most people would say Levis. Uh, Levis is going to be drafted higher. He's higher in every draft board. I I'm would not, take AR yeah, over yeah. Levis. I'm not sure he's all, all that good either, by the way. Just yeah. so you know, I, I hear you. I don't you. think he's very good. But I, but I think he's – but he's, but he, they really love him now. They really – they more than more than AR. Oh, yeah. They, re- they really love him. Because so. of traits, not yeah. because of the eye test. That's yeah. what I always go back but to. He's at, but he's uh, – well, I haven't watched enough Kentucky games. Sometimes I thought he looked great, but he never really elevated him either, did well, he? Well, that was the thing. Like, I remember we saw him early, like, two years ago. Yeah. And we, were, we came in on remember Monday. The first two or three games, And yeah. at the same time said, Kentucky's going to be a problem. I remember. Because they've got this guy, Will Levis, yep, yep, that yep. is throwing bombs yeah. all over the field. Yeah. I don't even remember who they had played. Right. But Kentucky had beaten somebody at note, right. and, and we just happened to catch it. And he was incredible. And it never felt like he followed up on that. Right. Well, but I still would say that he probably showed it a little bit longer in college right. than Richardson. I, I'm, I, I, don't agree. Think, I, I agree. I'm not a huge Levis fan either in terms right. of a prospect. Um, I, I just think the You're, quarterback – board in general is weak for this draft. Your point is great about – I remember that first game. He threw – it was like Toledo or someone threw like four touchdowns. And, oh, yeah. But but I will tell you – ULM. Yeah, is that – but I will tell you, after that, we then figured out he couldn't beat out Sean Clifford, who had Danny Werfel, Jordan, Travis Arm. Remember that? Yeah. Sean Clifford's not playing in any pro league, and he's a wonderful – he's Danny Werfel. He's a wonderful college quarterback – he, play, he got him into the Rose Bowl this year. I mean, he's a fantastic, fantastic. But Sean Clifford didn't play in it. That's why he cried after the Rose Bowl. Yeah, he, Sean, His right, career's over. Sean Clifford can't get into the wall over there, yet he beat out Will Levis yeah. for all the reasons you're talking about. So interesting stuff. All right, let's take a break. Let's get to some college hoops. That's next. Stay with us on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Glad you're with us here on this uh, Kitchen Floor and Design Center. Wednesday, live from Island Wing Company in Bartram, Frank Frangie, Hayes Carlion, Lauren Brooks, Andrew Gibson, with us, uh, Gibb, you had to be excited. Chase Bryce is here trading in town with with Denny, right? That's kind of cool. Yeah, I've talked to Denny off the air a little bit about Chase. He's such a great guy. I don't know how much of an NFL future he has just because he doesn't really run. He's not very mobile. But, uh, look, he had a terrific uh, career in his final year at App State. So, yeah, pulling for him for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty awesome to see that he's here training with, you know, Anthony Richardson, Malik Willis, all the other guys that Denny has. Yeah, it's very cool. And he was at he was at Clemson, Duke, and App State. So he played three schools. Right. By the way, are we hoping that Denny is not giving Malik Willis any helpful information? Yeah, yeah. Don't help the <laughs> don't help the enemy. Kind of, come on, what the hell? I Denny? heard that yesterday. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, Denny, Denny, Denny said it's like a fan or somebody sent him a text that hey, don't 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 uh, don't help him. Denny, goes, you want to pay my bills? <laughs> I get it. I get it. Fair, fair answer, as a matter of fact, it really is. Um, basketball. So I watched Florida State Miami last night. Miami had not beat Florida State in eight tries. FSU had beaten them eight, do you realize, eight times in a row. Wow. Florida FSU, State had had quite a streak with yeah, Florida, too, so yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that, and FSU had beat a lot of people eight times. That, that yeah. FSU run up until this year has been really good. But, boy, FSU really struggled in that game last night. Miami's 20th in the country. They're, they're good. But I wonder about FSU. Is it just a one bad year? Because he had so many N- NBA guys over and over and over and over and over. I don't follow it close enough to know. But my guess is it's just a one-off bad year for because they are not very good. That's what I would think. You know, I mean, I, I think, again, with Leonard Hamilton, uh, a question is always going to be how much longer does he want to continue? Uh, he was 73, I think, Leonard Hamilton. Yeah, that's Somewhere right. in there. Uh, so, you know, certainly at, at the age where, you know, I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's, it's a fair question, you know, and – 
74 now. He's 74. So if Leonard Hamilton comes back, they can be great next year because the portal allows for that. They'd be very attractive. That stands to reason that if they're attractive in football in the portal, they'd be attractive in basketball. They've had more recent success yeah, that's right. in that sport. Um, and so, yeah, I would think you go get two or three elite players out of the portal. He's going to recruit elite players out of high school. And um, I would imagine there's got to be some talent that's on this roster, even though it's a disappointing season. Uh, I have to think they'll lose the Miller kid because it seems like he's headed to being, I would think, a first-round pick if he was, like, the best international prospect. So, uh, yeah, but I, I would think absolutely Florida State can bounce back next year. And they're six and five. They started one and nine. And they're six and five since then. So it's not like they're, they've been, and they're five and five in the league. So they're more mediocre than awful once they kind of got going a little bit. But By the way, I don't think FSU fans care whatsoever. I haven't heard one FSU fan that I know say, man, we're pretty good in football, but basketball is really slipping away. It's astounding to me. I really don't think they care at all. Well, I I think the reality is around here, not just FSU fans, basketball is great when you're good. If you're not good and you're good in football, nobody really cares. I don't think that's just an FSU thing. I think it's a Georgia thing. It's become a Florida thing. It's hard to say because Florida hadn't been good in football for so long. It's hard to you know what I mean? But, I mean, I think think in Florida – I think if Florida was coming off an 11-1 football season where they finished sixth, we wouldn't care if the basketball team's good or not. You know, I, I think so. I think there's some truth to that. But, but, but I, I mean, I'm a big Florida basketball fan. I'm pro- I mean, I'm a big. I'm probably the biggest Florida basketball fan at the table here. I, I mean, you guys are definitely more than me. Yeah, and I, and I would. Th- I mean, I'm a big Florida basketball fan. You're, you're probably close, but I mean, I, I love Florida basketball. But I uh, tonight, after tonight's game, it gets really hard for the Gators. I mean, after 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 tonight's game. They play, they play South Carolina at home tonight. Got to win that game. Yeah. At Kansas State, who's ranked fifth. Home against Tennessee, who's ranked fourth. At Kentucky, who's Kentucky. And then at Alabama, who's ranked second. So they play two, four, and five. And, and in Rupp in their next four games. That's as tough a gauntlet as they've had in a long time. Who are they playing after that? The Golden State Warriors? <laughs> I know. I mean, it feels like that. Then they've got some winners. Who I actually don't think are very good at me. But, <laughs> but bear uh, with me here. Yeah, yeah, but I get your point. The uh, – and tonight they play without Alex Fudge, yep. who's, no, who's no great player. But since, since Felder left the team, there's no, there's no forwards. No, they need him. They're going to miss him out there, with the concussion. No, I mean, they're, they're realistically, so they so, – so But they Castleton, st- should still be able to beat South Carolina without Fudge. Well, I, you say that. I don't know. Castleton, Castleton's the center, and Jatobo's the backup center, who's not a forward. He's a backup center. Everybody else are guards. There, there's, there's, I mean, you could make the point, I guess, that Reeves is a small forward. But there's no there's nobody there's nobody over six five six six left after that. So I, I don't know. And I tell us Kugel, six five. Florida yeah. can lose to anybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, with I mean, with no. And I and I don't pretend certainly to f- anybody that's in the SEC. And it's not football that we follow as closely. It's not. So I can't tell you what South Carolina has. Or, I, obviously, they're not very good because they lost a bunch of their games. They they beat Kentucky, so they're right. dangerous. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're Florida, they're dangerous. Yeah. That that's that's exactly right. So it'll be interesting to see. You guys realize the rumbles. The, the the first rumble is a week from tomorrow. Wow. Yes. And did you realize? You know what they're doing with the rumble this year? The rumble is both rumbles are in a three day period. Really. They, they play they play at Ju a week from tomorrow. Take Friday off. And then they play at UNF a week from Saturday. So the Thursday, the, the Thursday, Saturday, 
I don't think, and I don't think I like that. I don't. Yeah. What was the logic behind that? I don't that? know. I'll, I'll ask Alex. I'm sure it's just Ace on scheduling. Yeah. They, well, they get, get, Gibby, get the commissioner on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the two rumbles are two days apart. And we'll be at JU next Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be at JU for that one. And we can't go to UNF for the Saturday one because it's, it's a weekend, you know. And, and I feel bad. I can't even go to it. Because that's our Springsteen weekend. Uh, so cancel that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the Rumble. There's a lot of things I'd cancel for a Rumble. I'm sure the boss will yeah, provide I, updates I'm, throughout the yeah. show. I'm not sure I'm canceling everything for the Rumble. Okay, so there's the, so there's that. But but I uh, but I'll be interested to see. Ju Ju's off to a slower start than I expected. Ju have they that, lost their first home game in 26 yeah, games. Yeah, and that's to a really good Liberty game team. And that yeah. Darius McGee, by the way, will never graduate. No, he's in. He's now. This is his 14th year at Liberty. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced he's averaged 28 points a game. Not not average. I'm convinced he scored 28 <laughs> points every game since he's been. Doesn't it feel like Darius McGee's been there forever? It would be funny to know how many points he has scored because a thousand is sort of the the magic right. number for oh. having a great collegiate career. Well, he got that. He might year. be near like he, 25. Yeah, he got that in year seven. <laughs> this is year 11. I mean, it seems like Darius McGee has been at Liberty forever. Yeah. It feels like he's never he's never going to leave Liberty. And so, I mean. I mean, maybe he might have been playing wide receiver for Hugh Freeze <laughs> afterwards. So, but but we'll, but but it'll be interesting to see. So so Florida wins tonight. Let's for the sake of this discussion, Florida wins tonight. He but, averages twenty one points a game. I can tell you that. He's Darius he, for his career. He, he's thirty two. He ought Just to. Just this season so far. Oh okay. I mean, yeah. I wonder how many. Had, you now got me curious. That's actually low. I wonder how many total points he has scored in his career. Well, we're going to know in what about are, what 30 are, seconds yeah, what are his average? to the greatest this Googler is, this, on the planet. This is the lowest well, average he's had, right? Uh, oh, hang on. Let me – I've got to use my computer. My phone's not going to work. She's not this. happy about I'll, this. I'll, I'll get back wow. to both of you just momentarily. <laughs> Imagine you're scoring 21.2 a game, and that's your bad year. I mean, think about that. I mean, it, it really is. So, so I'm, I'm going to look this up in a minute, too, because now I'm, now I'm curious. But in the meantime – Florida. Last year he averaged 24 points per game. I still don't know the final total. So he's having a bad year. Yeah, he's off. Yeah, he's having a bad year. The uh, if um, Florida wins tonight and wins one of those, or Florida, I don't sense. And this isn't just a Florida thing. Lauren made the point about FSU fans and George Rawls. I think Florida basketball's lost its fastball to where the the worst thing that having your fans mad at you. Is your fans just not very engaged? Have they had a sellout this year? They haven't, have they? I don't, I don't think so. In, in a stadium, in a, an arena they made smaller two years ago to where it only holds about 11 now, 50,000 people go to school there. I know, five, by the way, five gym, zero. gymnastics is in the same place right. and sells out every single meet. And they, they do. They, they, now, same capacity. Now they, pu- they push the bleachers. No, it's not the same capacity. But, but same it, arena. But, but your point's still a good one. It, it's, it's, it's still like 11,000 people. Yeah. yeah. 10,000 so, people. So gymnastics is a way bigger gymnastics is a way bigger deal on that campus. Correct. Than, than basketball. And I know gymnastics is a Friday night and it's become a student thing to do. But, but it's, can, can Florida basketball re- – can you, is it, do you just get good and then you regain your fans again? Is that? I, I think at Florida that's what it is. I mean, I you know, in terms of have they had a marquee weekend game yet? Though it doesn't feel like they no. really have. So you know, I I it'll be t- the Tennessee game will be a good litmus test for it. Uh, I won't it, out though. You don't think? I don't think so. I kind of don't either. I think she's right. I, I, I maybe don't, not. I, don't. I, I I don't think it'll be sold out. I just I just I don't. I, I think you're right about that. I, I just. I don't sense that it's going to be a, uh, and so, so, what do you do? You just, you just, you just. Todd Gold just got there. You hope he's good. He's got. A, he's going up against a litany of really good coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. 
Calipari and Rick Barnes and Bruce Pearl and 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 I keep forgetting the Arkansas guy. Oates. But mm-hmm. Nate Oates at Alabama. Oates. And, and then Musselman. Musselman, yeah, I mean. Musselman. So you're going up against this litany of good coaches. You're, and maybe Todd Golden will be great, but goodness gracious, I just I don't, I don't know. I just feel like Florida basketball should be more than. I finally found it on All my right. phone. Keep going, please. Well, no, tell us. Yeah, I can't now. <laughs> Darius McGee is well over 1,000 points. 1,864. Almost, he's almost at 2,000. He's going to score 2,000 He's going to score 2,000 points. I yeah, mean, sorry, that's, continue. Yeah. that's pretty elite. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he's a really good player. I wonder if the University of Florida has ever had a 2,000-point score. I bet you they have not. Yeah, well, after, after they scrubbed all of Maxwell's stats, probably not. And did he even have it? Now you're sending me down another <laughs> rabbit <laughs> yeah. hole. He did that on purpose. I did, He did, yeah. he did it on purpose. But, the, uh, but, but, but I just wonder is – does Florida basketball not matter? I know it matters to the diehards. But I, and, and, and when I say this about Florida, I'm not picking on Gators. I could be saying it about Georgia or Auburn or, or, or any other football, Clemson, any other football school. So I'm not picking on the Gators. I'm just asking a fair, what I hope is an honest question about in this, in this heart of college football, 100,000-seat stadiums, NIL, and means everything. Does basketball not matter? That's the question I'm asking. It doesn't matter unless you're good. If you're good, I think we've seen there be a lot of excitement. You know, I mean, I think Florida sticks with the program more than the other schools in the region. Because of the recent success. Because, because yeah, of the last and, 20 years. Right. I, again, I, they, yeah, there's a lot of Gator fans that pretty much Florida's been good in basketball their whole lives. I mean, I, look, I'm. That's a great point. I'm 46. Yeah. I kind of feel like they've been. Certainly more good than not good yeah. right. in my lifetime as a fan. Oh, absolutely. Um, they weren't very good when I was a kid. They got to, like, the NIT and things yeah. here and there. Um, then, obviously, you had the run in 94, and that was, like, right before I got to campus. Uh, and then they weren't great when I was there. Um, and then Billy came. So, I mean, most of, you know. Certainly the, most, and, the majority if, of my and life. And if you're 35 and under, Correct. it's pretty much all been great. Right. So until uh, recently, yeah, until recently, which is so, why they were so and, mad about Mike. White, and again, even even Mike White was not an abject disaster. No, right. He just was right. uh, above average to yeah. good coach. And, and, and you know my take on that: Mike White was as good as Florida's going to have. Running him off, which the fans did do, is a disaster. I, I don't, and if, if you don't like that, sorry, but I think they're not. Mike White is a good basketball coach. He's not a great basketball coach. And he's going to have try, and he may not win at Georgia, just like he, he, they may be average at Georgia, just like they're average at Florida. But he is, but but I just, I just, I don't know. I just, and you guys made a great point, and I and I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Gibby, you were born in ninety, right? Yes, ninety. They're about ninety. Okay, you were born. So the four of us, we talk about sports all the time. We were born in four different decades. I was born in fifty-eight. You were born mid seventies. You were born early eighties. Gibby's born in ninety. So so we see so. Regardless of what team we root for, we rooted for teams in different generations, you know. And I forget, with Hayes and Lauren, two diehard Gator fans, that pretty much all you've known is success until this last stretch. I I lose sight of that. You and your dad have had to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. You and your dad have had to have this conversation. That I, I, I am way more patient with the coaches because I remember when we sucked, which was pretty much always until 1990. Mm -hmm. And and so. But people that only remember the Gators, in your case, Hayes, uh, you were 14, 15 when it started. You were a 7 or 8 when it started. I really have no recollection of anything Of the bad that. Gators, Correct. yeah. yeah. So, and, I, and I respect that. I get that. 
But I, but I think the reality of Florida sports, not baseball, not Olympic sports, but the reality of Florida football and basketball is until 1990, the league started in 33. Florida football started before that. So all those years in the SEC, yeah, I mean, you realize Florida, the only two schools in, by 1991 who had never won the SEC were Florida and Vanderbilt. They're the only two ones. That, that tells you how bad the failure had been. They never won until 1989. They never won basketball either. So think about that. The two schools that had never, the one school that had never won either was Florida. And so, so I remember those years. So I loved 90 through 2010 or 2014, if you count basketball, when those 25 years where we were great at everything. But I'm, I'm just, I'm not all that surprised it's gone to where it's gone now. I guess that's kind of the point. I'll answer your question, I think, with a question. Would you have preferred Colin Castleton to get NIL money and make Florida basketball at best 500 or around 500, but certainly Florida basketball would have been well below 500 without Colin Castleton. Yeah, yeah. Or would you have preferred Florida to get, a, and I'm not going to say a quarterback because it's yeah, a little different, but you. Jaheim Bell from South Carolina or an, an equivalently good yeah. college football player yeah. for the same NIL money, yeah, would you yeah. have rather had the college football player uh, over the money Colin Castleton's getting? I hate myself for the answer. But the answer is the football player. Of course I'd prefer the football guy. And you're a basketball fan. That's why I'm asking you the question. And I'm not Jessica Blaylock who likes the basketball more than the football. I just am a big fan of the basketball. Right. But no, but but you know what? I'm glad you asked it that way because that that way more succinctly made the point. And by the way, Florida has had two 2,000-point scores. Would you like to guess? Well, you're not counting Maxwell, right? I'm not counting Maxwell. Okay, so if you're not counting Vernon Maxwell, Boy, oh boy! I'm gonna two two thousand two two thousand really? point scores. I'm one was in the eighties and one was Ronnie, Ronnie Williams. God that is rest, correct. God rest his soul. That is correct. And, and the I, other was two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen. Michael Frazier? Nope. Nine through thirteen. Roberson? Nope. Uh, is it like uh, wait, wait, um, nine through thirteen? Parsons? Nope. Bonner? Nope. No, hang on, hang on. Nine through thirteen. It would have been they were because they weren't very good. Um, they were not. Kenny Boynton. That is correct. Wow, <laughs> Kenny wow. Boynton is one of the leading well scorers done. in Florida history. Followed How by about? Andrew Moten and then Udonis Haslam, but yeah. neither of them are over two thousand. And points. Moten was in the really good years in the mid eighties, but um, Ronnie Williams was a scoring machine on some terrible teams. God rest. He just died, by the way. Yeah. And um, but I but golly, well that just shows it. The leading scorers in Florida basketball history were Ronnie Williams and Kenny Boynton. But that's because most of the really good guys are not staying for four years. And, and they shared the ball. Right. I mean, when, I mean the best – I mean, I was all good in my grave saying those, the, the team, the back-to-back national championship teams, were two, for a two-year stretch, two of the greatest teams in college basketball history. UCLA didn't have back-to-back teams as good, any better than those two. UCLA did it for ten years. But they didn't have back-to-back in the middle. Let's take a break. Let's get back to football. One hour to go. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Uh-oh. You know this is, don't you? How do you not know this? Do you know anything about music at all? You I don't. You didn't follow music? <laughs> I, what's, what is music? Not this genre of music he doesn't. This is Riley Green. How do you oh, not yeah, know yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see him at the players. How do you not know that? I, I'll study up. Unbelievable. Why, why do we, I can send you a playlist why, now that you please, use Spotify. Why do we please even hang out with him if he doesn't know good Riley Green stuff? Uh, because he pays for things. Okay, good point. <laughs> the only reason. Is that a Riley Green hit, by the way? This would be his biggest hit okay, to date. Right, uh, yeah, his first hit, biggest hit. Hey, uh, but he doesn't have a ton of course, on the radio anthem. yet. It's his, it's his anthem. Everybody knows that. There he go, just did a collaboration with Thomas Rhett on a song right. called 
half of me, yeah. and it goes like this. Half of me wants a cold beer, and the other half does too. You know what? That is country music. So it's a country music guy singing about a beer? <laughs> country music guy singing about a beer? That would be correct. I'll be, I'll be, Shocking. I'll be the son of a gun. Did he drive in his truck to get the beer? Most likely. That part is, I don't think it's, well, he talks about washing yeah. his truck in the song. No, well, I should wash my truck, but I really don't feel like it. I feel like drinking a beer. That is so I perfect. Tell you I should mow the grass, but I don't feel like perfect. it. I feel like drinking but a, a but beer. The Players' Championship can't get here fast. <laughs> but I will tell you this. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give, I am ready for the players. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll give Jaren credit. You said it perfect. The, the job they have done getting acts that people are excited to see with what they're up against to do it is freaking amazing. And, and, I, and I, I mean, it, it really is. The, what the job they've done, if you look at the list of acts they've got, I'm not a – Hayes and I are country fans, so we don't know much about Riley Green. But obviously you were super excited. You, mm-hmm. Tammy Talley came in there yesterday for – and you guys were over the moon excited. Last year, Kelsey Bellarini, she's like all the rage. Absolutely. So what, what they've done to bring in get, acts that are all the rage is freaking amazing. It right. really is. It's not easy stuff, man. And I'm a country fan, so obviously I love when they bring in country acts. They knocked it out of the park when they brought in Chainsmokers as far as people who yep. like that genre of music. But I think it's a little bit easier for them to bring in like kind of one country star yep. as far as the setup and things like that are concerned. Yeah, so they've done, they've done a wonderful job. All right. Uh, I, I told you I would tease this at the top of the program. I think the greatest thing that's happened in coaching, all forms of coaching, and, and, I'm, and, and people criticize the woke and, 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 and some of the attitude of today. But I will tell you this. I think coaching arrogance has gone away among all the good teams, almost without exception. Um, does Nick Saban come off as a little arrogant? Probably. But he's softened. Yeah, he has mm-hmm. softened. Bill Belichick a little, maybe. But he's – but. I love the he has f- not. No, but I love the fact that coaches are regular people now. I love the fact, and, and again, we are, everything always seems to come back to Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, in fairness, Urban Meyer is not the only coach that ever acted kind of like a jerk. But there was an arrogance there, and the different, the best microcosm of the change is the 2021 season compared to the 2022 season in Jacksonville, Florida. That is the from from old school. My way, the highway, screaming to mean, to regular guy, treat people with respect, treat people like you'd want to be treated. The difference between Urban and Doug Peterson is a complete microcosm, complete microcosm of where I think coaching's going. I think the old school coaching arrogance is over. I, I that doesn't mean there's not any left, but I think I think for the most part, it's going away. I think it almost has to. I, I mean, I think it's it's the profession evolving because I just don't think you can be that way and have a team that wants to play for you at the college level. At, at you know, it's certainly at the NFL up professional level. I, I just think to you better be really good, and you probably aren't going to be that good to get away with that level of arrogance uh, and and have a locker room that still wants to play hard for you I just I just don't think you can do it I think it's one of those things that it's just it's gotten phased out and I don't think it's cyclical I don't think we're going to look up in 15 years I don't either the best coach in college football or the NFL is going to be this taskmaster I just I think it had its place and I'm not criticizing coaches that that was their style uh, but I think it'd be hard to be a coach now with that kind of my way or the highway and iron-fisted 
and well, you know there's no gray area it's what I say I just I think that's I think that's hard to do coaches were abusive football coaches were abusive for a long time verbally abusive some probably physically too but especially verbally abusive and the culture has changed so if you're not adapting with the culture then you are going to be left behind and, and I think most successful people that I know are people that everyone wants to be around them so whether that's their coaches working for them or whether that's recruiting people to their school or getting free agents to come, keeping players as far as free agents go, all of that means you have a magnetic personality. And I think that's what Doug Peterson certainly here has shown, that you can be that great of a person and also be a really good head football coach. Lauren, to the first thing you said, there's a lot of coaches now that will tell you that football was the culture, the, 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 uh, abuse, the culture of abuse. That, that that's what it was, that a guy was screamed at as a player, um, became an assistant coach, was screamed at as an assistant coach, and he was screamed at so much as a player and assistant coach that when he became a head coach, he screams now at his people. It's the culture of abuse, and, 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 and it just continues, continues. Did you see the video on Twitter of Tim Brewster yeah. yelling at the – do you see it? Mm-hmm. The Colorado players? I, I, honest to God – when I first saw it, I didn't know it was Brewster. Brewster, for people that don't know, was a one-time head coach at Minnesota, but he's a very good recruiting assistant coach who's been at Florida, Florida State, kind of been all around. Been all tight ends coach. Right? Tight ends coach. But you guys saw it, right? Mm-hmm. In the uh, and 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 I and watching that, when I first saw it, I wasn't looking very close. I thought someone was making fun of how it used to be 20 years ago. It never dawned on me that it was last week. And Deion Sanders hired him. Now, look, he's a phenomenal recruiter, which is why a lot of people want him. But it was, wasn't it almost comical? Didn't you think that was all, watching it was almost comical? Yeah, and I understand why people are questioning the hire, for sure. But, I mean, I think... And let me see. Let me, I don't interrupt you. Let me explain to people that you hear us talking about it. You're well, Frank, what are you talking about? He goes into a, an auditorium full of players and yells at them. When I say stand up, you stand up. And they stand up and stand up. When I say sit down, you sit down. They sit down. Up, down. It was almost like a military regiment. Is that, is that describing it right? Yeah, or a game of Simon Says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, wasn't it? Yeah. But an aggressive game of yeah. Simon Says. Yeah, I mean, I think the coaches who have been in this profession a long time know who to hire for maybe recruiting, but not then to let that person be a position coach to get around the players because they might have like kind of split personalities almost. Yeah, and you almost have to say, listen, Tim – that's not how we do it anymore, bro. That, that's, that's the thing. I, what I saw was Dan Cannell. Did you see this? Dan Cannell said, this is what, and, and Brewster was tagged in the original one. Dan Cannell says, you want to know the difference between college and pro football? This is it. And then Brewster responded. Did you see that? Brewster responded to Cannell. Hey, Dan, you might not know it, but I was pretty successful as an assistant coach in the NFL too. And I don't know if Cannell responded after that. But I want to say, Tim, stand down, man. But I, but I, I think that I think the overall arrogance is over. I think football coaches are treating people like people. I think all coaches are. And, and it personifies itself not just the way you talk to players, the way they talk to the media, the way they interact with fans. Don't you sense that? I think, I think, I think football coaches finally figured out, hey, man, I'm just a guy with a job. You know? we're, we're, you're just a guy with a job. So be nice to people the same way you were if you didn't have the job. I, one, of the saddest things I, one of the saddest things I've seen, and I've told you guys this before, is a football coach that's no longer a football coach just seems empty. You know, you ever notice that? It just seems like 
like their life is not what it once was. You know, that's why I applaud, so applaud, a guy like Tom Coughlin, who's no longer a football coach, but the J Fund means so much to him that he's still engaged, that he's still the same guy, that he doesn't seem like he's searching for something, that he seems like he's got something that's meaningful in his life. And I don't say that just because Tom's a friend. I really believe that. And, uh, and I feel bad for coaches who were the king of the, king of the world who no longer are, but the ones that were nice to people are the ones that I think manage that the best. I really do. Yeah, and you bring up a good point because when you look at the coaches at the NFL and college level in this state, Doug Peterson, great guy. Billy Napier seems like he's a great guy. Seems like a really nice guy. Mike Norvell seems like a great guy. Obviously a nice guy. Uh, Mario Cristobal, I, I don't know as well, but it doesn't feel like he yeah. has a reputation of being great point. A, 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 you know, a, yeah. a, a, not a nice guy. Uh, you've got, you know, Todd Bowles in Tampa, nice guy. Uh, Mike McDaniel looks super nice uh, in Miami. He so, doesn't even look like a football coach. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it is kind of a, You're right. a, a new era, particularly in our region. Well, look at the good, look, look at the good teams. Other than, other than Saban, who seems to have softened, Kirby Smart's a good guy. Davo Sweeney's the ultimate good guy. I think Ryan Day, my guess is, is a good guy. Lincoln, Brian Lincoln. Kelly learned pretty quickly yeah. he couldn't fake it. But he was always a good guy. Yeah. Hey, the, the faking the Southern thing was kind of silly, but he was always a nice guy. He came on. He came on with Matt and me at the SEC Media Days this past year in Atlanta. Great guy. So, I mean, Brian Kelly was never a bad guy. He was never arrogant guy. It just, <laughs> he seemed a little fraudulent, you know. Yeah. So, but I mean, but if you look at the coaches, Lincoln Riley looks like a regular guy, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Doesn't... Yeah, I don't know enough about him. Well, he doesn't look like, he doesn't look like a screaming, demean guy. Right. Okay. Josh Heupel for sure seems like a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, I mean. The, the screaming to mean guys, I think, I think that's, you Well, know. and look at the coaches in the Final Four. Andy Reid, nice guy. Uh, Zach Taylor, seems uh, like a nice guy. Obviously a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Shanahan seems yeah. nice. You yeah. know, I mean, and then you've got uh, Nick, Nick Sirianni, yeah. who seems like a nice guy. Yeah, I wonder what Jimbo is. I wonder if Jimbo softened any. I never knew him very much. He seemed to be angry, grumpy coach. And I, and, I, and, I, and I don't want to misrepresent this. It's not like I have all these Jimbo experiences. I don't have any. I just wonder. He seems to be old school a little bit. I met him on an elevator at SEC Media Days, and he couldn't have been nicer to me yeah. in that moment. Yeah. But that has nothing to and do I'm sure with he's a nice guy. Yeah. What he was, what he's like with his player, yeah. and especially his coaches. And I've never, when he's not that's, winning. More, that's more interaction than I ever had with Jimbo. I never. He's the one coach that came through here at one of the schools that I never just never got to know very well. But he, uh, but it's interesting to see. So, all right, we'll take a break. We got more to do. We're live at the uh, Island Wing Company in Barter. Back in a moment on ten ten XL and ninety two point five FM. Hey guys, it's Gibby. Thanks for listening to the Frangie Show podcast on 1010XL.com. Unfortunately, our show got cut short today. Rick Ballou had to take over a little bit early because our remote broadcast was not able to connect to the studio. So sorry about that, guys. But keep listening. Stay tuned. We'll be back on the air tomorrow at 3.